Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are we doing a good job? There's enough good stuff. There is enough good stuff here. Stop. Like, I, will, I, will, I will edit. It's fine. Okay. I'm enjoying it. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is... Grand Street. Mind the gap. Hello, I'm John Elledge and this is Skylines, the Cinemetric Podcast. Someone told me at a party the other day, you know, I'm still listening to the podcast, but you really need a co-host, which was which was a charming, charming comment, but obviously true. And I miss Stephanie terribly. One of the reasons I miss Stephanie terribly is because when she was here, I could just, you know, if we didn't have anything planned, I hadn't interviewed anyone good... I could literally just sort of drag her into the podcast bunker and we could talk absolute nonsense about a random topic for 10 minutes. And that kind of worked. Um, and I've not really been able to do that of late. I've had to like talk to like actual clever people where you have to prepare for interviews. And that's it. Anyway, decided, screw that. I'm going to do one of the old star episodes. I've got, I've got two of my colleagues here to join me. Um, we are going to talk about American cities in as ill-informed and ignorant a fashion as we can. First off, we have the New Statesman's newly appointed digital culture writer, Sarah Manavis. Pre- which, Hi, I made, everyone. I made you come on here and talk about Ohio. Welcome before, back. So. I think it's the appropriate phrase. Welcome back. I mean, you know, hi. We offended Ohio last time you were here, so we're going to do the other 49 states mm. this week. We also have uh, another new arrival, the editor of the exciting new New Statesman America, Nikki Wolf. Hi. Hello. You ready to offend your new audience? Yeah. Well, I'll defend Ohio to the death. Why? 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 I mean, why Ohio? I just really like it. I lived there. But let's for... also remind everyone where in Ohio you've actually lived, which sounds like a cartoon <laughs> name. Well, when my first New Statesman assignment, I got sent to a town called Hicksville in West Ohio for a column called Nikki in Hicksville, mainly because it rhymed. And because it was really... called Hicksville. And presumably. because it was called Hicksville. Although, ex- going there expecting... You know, what, what you hear from the word Hicksville, it's actually a really kind of just nice middle-class town. Is it like, is it like a college town or something? Not even, no. It's just, just a sort of just a nice town where people just live. When you say middle-class, do you mean British middle-class or American middle American middle-class. Middle okay, okay. definitely. I went to more wine tastings than okay. <laughs> would happen in a town called Hicksville. Yeah. Um, rodeos? We had monster truck rallies where I grew up, and that was like the kind of normal thing that happened around town. T- state fairs. Yeah, they do have state Amish fairs. buggy racing. 
that is another fun thing about Ohio. Ohio has the highest concentration of Amish people in the entire United States. Really? And right. I, because I'm a dork and I was president of my speech and debate team, um, when I would spend my weekends in a little suit and on a four-hour coach to uh, Akron, Ohio, Canton, specifically a tournament I won in my senior year of high school, might I right. add. Yeah, you just pass by loads of like Amish people in buggies and like candles in the window and stuff. It's all very cute and weird. What did you have to argue for the championship debate? I wasn't a debater. I was an international extemporaneous speaker, which meant essentially, and this makes me sound smarter than I am. I would go up to an envelope and I would pull three questions out that would be about anything politically happening in the world. Um, so it could be like, are there holes in Italy's social safety nets? Like what's happening in the Arab Spring? Because that's when I was talking about this stuff. And then I would have 30 minutes to construct a seven minute speech where I had to cite sources. I wasn't allowed to use a computer and I couldn't have notes and give a speech arguing my point of view. So like, according to The Economist on like November 12th, 2017, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you just make stuff. Okay, so this is basically what we're going to do with this podcast, except you're not going to get the 30 minutes to yeah, prepare. I'm just going to do it off the cuff based on literally never going to 75% of these places. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to name a city and then we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to say what we know about it. And then we're going to get letters. Do you get letters? Yeah, we get letters. Does anyone send letters anymore? About skylines, I mean, it's, 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 you should see my emails. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad, but let's, let's, let's offend some places. Let's, let's, let's start in the, in the top left-hand corner. Seattle. What can you tell me about Seattle? Miserable. I was just going to say it's actually good. What? I, okay, so here's the thing about Seattle is like, obviously it was like the Silicon Valley before Silicon Valley happened. Because it's got like all the sort of big like dot com places, but I think it's nice. It's like it's got like a big mountain in the background, and it, it looks very it's pretty when you can see it when it's not pouring with rain. Which yeah, is, no, but that's like this whole country, and people will still argue that like London's nice, which I would not argue. Um, <laughs> We're definitely gonna get that. <laughs> and it hasn't rained in like six weeks. I know, but it's, it's also L. Anyways. But it self-identifies as miserable Seattle. It's all that grunge music. I know, and... but it's kind of in a fun, cute way. It's like in a twee way. It's like your, not that I have a brother, but like your little brother going through a goth phase. Do you want to hear my coastal theory of America? Yes. So I reckon that the east and west coast of America kind of scan and that you've got one mega city, New York and LA, mm. and then circling that at a distance of about six hours drive, you've got one company town, like San Francisco for tech and DC for politics. And then up in the north, you've got a growy sports town where it always rains. So you've got Boston and Seattle. This I don't is really actually know what a good Portland theory. Is. Maybe Baltimore. I, it sort of falls down I, at that point. There's no reason. Where yeah. does San Diego fit into this? San uh, Diego. Is it Atlanta? Is it Miami? Maybe San Diego is Baltimore. Yeah, it's kind so, of like a. I can't. I can't swear on this, can I? It's a you, crappy it place that is trying to. Like Baltimore wants to be. I mean, does it want to be? But it is kind of like a shitty DC. I like Baltimore a lot. I think it's, it's like, sort of. It's had a really like rough time, but it's now just about. Yeah, but I think like San Diego is like a shitty any Californian city. I've only been to San Diego during Comic Con, which I don't think was. It was a shit show. <laughs> Just like drunk people in costumes, as far as the eye could see. But I don't think that's that like fun. Proper... It was loads of fun. Now maybe I like San Diego. Diego. I don't think that's what it's like the rest of the time. It did seem like it'd be amazing if it was. And it was just like the the one thing everyone knew about San Diego is there's just like cosplayers everywhere off yeah. their tits on something. <laughs> I can't help but notice that this theory of yours like just completely ignores the southeastern United. I mean, if if San Diego is Baltimore, you've put like Atlanta in Mexico. Yeah, that's true. So I guess I'm stretching the West Coast all the way along, and I'm using and I'm just using the Acela Corridor, so I'm not going all the way down the East Coast as far as Miami. 
I agree with this theory. I was ready to fight it, but I think you're right. <laughs> if you're not going to fight each other, there's no point doing this. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> okay, if Penguin Random House is listening, I am available to do a book on this theory. Okay, okay. Louisville. We're not doing this again. We are doing this again. Come on. <laughs> I've never been to Louisville. I don't think. There's a lot of places in Kentucky I've driven through and had lunch at that all look the same. And I know that a lot of rich people, like old money America, like plantation money, live there. And that's all I'm going to say because I baseball bats. Each yeah, that's what I was going to say. There is a baseball bat museum. Louisville Slugger comes from as yeah. a type of baseball bat. That's which, the only thing I know about Louisville. I, which I've actually been to the baseball bat museum because the guy I was traveling with really wanted to. What was that like? I mean, I sort of was expecting more about baseball and less about bats. I want to know more well, about this guy you were traveling around Kentucky with. Tell friend, me more. My friend Scott. It's like we, we, I've done two road trips in the US with Scott. It's not. There's not a particular story here. It wasn't. It wasn't like a sort of. Um, What's we were not on the land. No, this is what I, I'm just like. How'd this all come to be? I, I was re- yeah. reporting on the on the 2008 and 2016 elections. What happened in 2012? Nikki did it. Um, <laughs> and then John was like, "God damn it! I can't see Scott again for our big <laughs> our big trip around the United States of America." It's gonna be four years before I can go back to the <laughs> yeah. Louisville. I'm sorry, Scott. Museum. It was a real blow in 2012 not to get to hang out in Ohio for three days. So. <laughs> Hey, we could have hung out. Maybe that's where our story could have begun. Yeah. I feel we're not flowing very well. This is, a, this, this is an object lesson in why like, you should actually prepare for a podcast. I'm enjoying stuff. the like sort of angry looks that I'm getting. I, I'm enjoying how difficult this is going to be to edit. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I'm just going to say another city and we're going to go from there. Um, okay. dude, let's do the big one. Come on, New York. Hate we everyone it. loves New York, right? I, no. How can you hate New York? Even I, the people who love New York hate New York. So I went to New York in October. I lived in New York for three months in 2015. And I worked in the Rockefeller Center because the University of Edinburgh has an office there. It was a really good job. And it was like, on its face, very glamorous. But I lived in like Brooklyn, like below the highway. And I commuted for an hour. And the the subway is so awful. And like, this could be its own thing, like talking about how much I hate the subway oh, yeah. you can do a whole podcast on how but like the subway was like it was leaking and it was like so oppressive underneath and like genuinely there was just like ooze everywhere and this was and this wasn't even just when i was living there like when my partner and i went in october the only time we got on the subway we walked on it was like friday night around Times square so obviously it was horrible we again like very foolishly booked a restaurant that we thought was just like downtown and where it really was was in brooklyn uh because we didn't realize that the street could go across the bridge um which was very dumb for me not to think anyways but like we stepped on and there was like an ooze on the floor but it looked like it dried and my boyfriend stepped over it and then like a bunch of teens were like he stepped in it he stepped in it and that was like our whole subway experience and he like held on to it with like a little hook hand claw finger yeah and I hate the subway, but I hate New York for other reasons, mostly because it's literally covered in trash. And the last time I was there, I was just walking down the street and behind a pile of trash, a man came out as though this was like a sketch comedy or a punk show with a bag of bread and threw it in front of me and like pigeons flopped all over <laughs> me. And like, this is not even a joke. And I was like, how is this real? The city exists and these things happen to normal people trying to walk around. New York feels like a, <laughs> like it's testing you all the time. Like it's it's like some kind of competition as to who has the who's having the worst time. Yeah. Like well, someone will be like, oh, I've got cockroaches in my apartment, and someone else that will be like, well, I've got rats in mine, and someone else will be like, well, I've got feral coyotes or something. I got badgers. Yeah. yeah. I do also think that like New York, as bad as like London housing 
is I do think like New York rent is insane and people end up living with like a million flatmates and pay like way more for living in like way worse areas than people in London do. That might be an uneducated Although guess. That that is like a half stepping stone to a city that I assume we're going to get to later on in that the rents in New York nowhere near as crazy as San Francisco. Yeah. But we will move on to San Francisco. But my sort of half serious thing, the first time I went to New York, what I was really struck by was the number of people you would see sat in parks looking like visibly homeless and just kind of talking to the air. And this was not just something I saw like twice. This was something you would see several times a day. And you don't really get that kind of homelessness in this country. And I've never been clear what the story is there. I mean, is that is that a particular drug? Is that I mean, what's that, what's going on? Does anyone know? It's just a lack of a social safety net, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just no no health care. A lot of the a lot of them, I guess, will be veterans for whom there's no mental health care once they get back from war. And this is less kind of comedy podcast fodder, and it's just an <laughs> endlessly grim situation. But I think that's like an America problem that New yeah. York exacerbates rather than like a New York. It's just problem. a higher concentration of it, and the yeah. temperature in New York is unbelievable. Like and it's yeah. either too hot or too cold. There's no. There's like maybe a week in autumn and a week in spring when it's <laughs> Everybody's nice. like, New York, it's a beautiful place to be. And then it just like becomes like a frozen tundra. I had somebody before I moved to New York when I was like, oh, I'm going to be in New York for a summer. It's going to be great. I'm doing this like job. It'll be really cool. I'm in the Rockefeller Center. And she was like, New York in the summer is hot garbage island and it's fucking horrible and it smells like urine everywhere. And that is like the hard truth of like six months of New York is that when the temperature is above like... 20 degrees celsius it's just like steaming trash and i don't really know why that's a thing there and not in london well they and, and it's not all american cities seem to be like no this. they don't have just, wheelie bins yeah. no people just throw the trash out on the yes. street and, and so city like chicago and someone i actually was asking someone this uh, when i was in chicago it's like why does chicago not have this problem and he was like look behind every chicago block is an alley block which is where the garbage gets taken out and you can put wheelie bins in that. But New York doesn't really have alleys behind the main blocks because it's packed so tightly in. So the only way to do garbage is put it on the street and you can't have wheelie bins because they would block the street too much because everything's too narrow. So people just lump. So you get these steaming piles of, of split open rubbish bags all over the place. Plus yeah. the skyscraper is presumably going to generate like, you know, Enormous 50 times the trash of... Yeah. I mean, the skyscrapers have like, sometimes they have like a skip. I guess. I mean, presumably they can't, the entire Empire State Building can't be just dumping it out, can but, it? I but mean, presumably, like, if, like, one in five buildings is not doing that very well, then you yeah. have an enormous amount. Yeah. You have the trash of two million people on the street. And, like, the shops at ground level won't be able to access the kind of rubbish chute. We've, the... we've, we've, found, we've found an appropriate city metric point, a connection between urban form and smell. Okay, I knew we get some, we knew, yeah. knew we get to the good stuff eventually. I do think, though, that, like, and I think this is the case with anybody who's ever been to New York, even once. Like, you walk around any street, and no matter where you go, there's a pile of trash literally taller than you. And I think that is the problem. You're quite short, I mean. I am average height for a woman. And that's still quite high for a pile of garbage. I mean, yes, yeah, that, that but... would be, thank you, that would be the main point, is that garbage shouldn't be average woman height. Like, at all times, somehow. I, I wasn't trying to emasculate the pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the day I the day I realised I had to leave, I was living in Manhattan for a time. The day I realised I had to move out of Manhattan was Halloween. Halloween is a thing in a lot of big American cities, but in New York it is craziness. People are drinking from nine o'clock in the morning. I came home from work; it must have been about six thirty p.m. And there was a girl in, uh, like an NYU student, in full kind of the Joker clown makeup, totally wasted 
taking a shit on my front step. Oh, my God. And I, I quietly said, excuse me, a couple of times. Um, and then just sort of stood and waited until she'd left. And then as she was leaving, the only thing I could think of to say was, I, I, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> it was the most English I've ever felt. And we're sending you back to this amazing city, right? I, I mean, all of this being said, New York has still just got more than any other. There's just more nightlife. There's more people. There's more... There's a kind of energy to it, which is all of those things cliche, are things but... that I would actively avoid <laughs> when choosing a city. I, People, I, energy, and nightlife are like the bottom of my list. I I love New York despite New York, and I think that's what a lot of pe- that's how a lot of people feel about it. It's a very poetic thing. Yeah, that's nice. Wow. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, so okay, San Francisco. I've never been. I've never been to California. It's one of my great regrets. If anyone out there has money and would like to send me to California, then you know, you know where I am. You put out a sugar daddy request. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Most of my like, we don't have any. We don't really have any sort of foreign reporting budget. So occasionally, I manage to catch a trip. But so, you know, if anyone out there has got a good conference they'd like my presence at and and a budget to send journalists, so. <laughs> and if we don't burn all the bridges with this podcast. <laughs> Anyway, so San Francisco, what do we think of that? San Francisco makes me sad because you can see what it used to be. Like you go to kind of Haight-Ashbury and you can see all the kind of old hippie shops and all the beautiful buildings and it's on these hills and the bay is beautiful and it's beautiful. But anywhere you go, you just run into kind of 19-year-old coders on cocaine on $250,000 a year. That is the thing is like, I think even more than New York... You either have to be making like an obscene, like not obscene, like, oh, you're making like 100K, like an obscene amount of money to even be having like a dignified living in San Francisco. Or you have to be like, again, like just classic, like privileged teenager, 20 something and have your parents be in that position. And then you can live there. Like the only people I know currently living in San Francisco that are my age, it's like in their mid 20s are people who work at a tech company, people who work at literally Google or Facebook. And then I have an ex-boyfriend from high school who did an unpaid internship at a magazine that is now defunct. uh, And he lived there. So like, you either have to be able to do that Mm. 
or work at an enormous tech company. When I when I moved from New York to San Francisco, my rent doubled, like literally doubled, and that was for about the same from kind New of place. York. Yeah, isn't New York like you know London level rents yeah. basically? Yeah, San, San Francisco is about double London. That's insane. It's it's bonkers. I so I, I after a year in San Francisco, where I was working for the Guardian, I left my job at the Guardian because I was making a net loss on my salary. I was not like badly paid for a junior, you know, for a reporter position. You just literally weren't being paid. Literally weren't being paid enough to live there. Do they do they still have a San Francisco office? Or? Yeah, but nobody lives in San Francisco. Is everyone like coming everyone's from Oakland? Commutes from Oakland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do think that San Francisco has good Korean food. Well, amazing food. They yeah. have really good food. Again, that's how I feel about New York. I'm like, I'd go there to eat there, but not to do literally anything else. Uh, San Francisco, I don't really care about the Golden Gate Bridge. I know that's like more the brand for this podcast, so like maybe I shouldn't <laughs> on bridges. Um, but I Alcatraz is cool. The Bay Bridge, I think, is cooler than the Golden Gate Bridge. I didn't see that one. Oh, also, holy the San Francisco airport is the most terrifying airport to ever fly into other like of a major airport because and the pilots sometimes don't tell you this as they didn't tell me when I flew into San Francisco planes land at the same time and so you'll be sitting on your plane about to land and you'll look over and there's literally a plane like you can see the other people in the goddamn plane literally right there and you're like oh okay i'm about to die in like an enormous news story and <laughs> the land I'm about to die in a news story of the best things <laughs> i've ever heard the other thing that's terrifying is that you don't see the land until about like like genuinely and i'm not exaggerating like five seconds before you actually hit the ground so it's oh, like well, water water yeah exactly yeah. and you're just like water 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 and again you're like okay i'm about to die really horrifically and everybody's gonna know about it um and then yeah and then they're like oh just kidding everything's fine and this is how we do things here but we don't tell you Shh, we don't tell you that until you've landed and then it's like haha welcome to san francisco well i have had that wing tip to wing tip thing landing at chicago as well before. really yeah I think it's okay, it's whatever. something to do with runway configuration. People should figure out how to do airports, right? Wouldn't it be worse to die in a plane crash that everybody didn't hear about? I don't think that... Well, yeah. Is yeah. this a tree falls in the forest kind of question? Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm... I don't know. If I'm going to die horribly, suddenly and violently, I kind of I kind of want a news report. I want to be but like, do you want to be like, he's one of, like, hundreds? Or do you want to be like, oh, no, in the right up that I had Poor died. John. <laughs> Then we'd all be the, like, so the, the, let's the say... The meme community might be momentarily sad, but... <laughs> but, like, let's say you die in, like, a horrific, very big news, like, sort of piece. We're a plane with, like, 250 people on it, and you're, like, one of 250 people. Sure, it's, like, in the news. But you're like, oh, and this guy died. And, like, we'll all know about it. But we'll also know, like, wow, this horrific thing has happened. So, like, you're kind of part of our consciousness, but we're also thinking about, like, the enormous plane crash. Whereas if you die in, like, a tiny plane crash... It's like, oh, John, John died in that little plane with like two other people we don't know. And that's not really going to make news. So you become like the whole story. It depends on how much of a narcissist you are. That's that's what you want, John, is you want to die in a big plane crash, but in a big plane crash full of nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're possibly all overestimating <laughs> the news potential of <laughs> journalists dying in plane crashes. Podcaster, comma, 249 others. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about another city. <laughs> How about Chicago? I love Chicago. I love Chicago. Chicago. Okay, what does everyone love about it? It's like New York, but everyone's nice and it doesn't smell funny. And the lake is beautiful. Yeah. And it's got the best steaks in America. 
Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my point. It's just like, it's kind of got all this sort of grand golden age skyscraper architecture you kind of imagine in New York, but like people aren't ourselves yeah. to each other. This is this is going to be the thing that gets us letters, presumably, but there is no more beautiful building in America than the Chicago Tribune building. It's spectacular. It's like a cathedral. I love it. I think all of those things. I think that Chicago has... And, I, and again, this is something that I think people might argue with me on. I do think Chicago has more character. It has like more of an identity as a city than New York does. Like New York feels a little bit disjointed or one. And I know this sounds insane. I think New York is a little bit one note because you have to essentially be quite privileged to be able to do something there. Whereas I think in Chicago, there's like an ease of access that makes it so that like people who are more down to earth, perhaps not to say that people who make loads of money aren't down to earth. They have better access to the kind of stuff that you usually have to have quite a bit of money to have access to in New York. Is that just a lot of words to say the houses are cheaper? Yeah, basically. Yeah, you can afford rents. Yeah. Okay, there is one thing about Chicago that really annoys me, though. They name their metro stations in a really stupid way. There are free stations on the Chicago L called Chicago because they sit on Chicago Avenue on different lines. I think this is a you and probably your Come on, that's no, awesome. I can't see how that would be. <laughs> how, does that not just, like, drive you crazy? Give them different names. Do you like the L? I like the L. I think it's great. I think it's, yeah. It's above ground. The loop is amazing. The, sort of, you know, the loop yeah. of railways. You know the why the loop is the loop? I mean, it's because of the loop of railways. I mean, it's like... No, but they the, weren't railways. They were grip hook cars. And it was the largest grip hook loop in the world. What the hell is a grip hook So a loop? grip hook... Is a trolley where you have, uh, I don't know why I'm gesturing with my hands for a podcast, it's not quite for radio, where you have a cable going in a, like a recess under the under the street. So this cable is just moving all the time. Oh, And yeah. the trolleys have a little stick oh, that attaches. Yeah, and so they it's just... almost like a, like a below ground, oh, yeah, and you, like you, a ski lift. Yeah. And you, you, you kind and of like take your foot off the around. pedal and it kind of it releases and stops for a second. Right? Yeah. yeah. And they uh, eventually had to close that and build the above ground subway system they've got now because it kept it kept you know killing people <laughs> like so many people died through the system because <laughs> it's just this immensely powerful cable that's moving like if you imagine a a tram line that except it's got a cable being run by a massive Rapidly steam engine that no one can see it it just dragged people by the limbs all the way around <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing a lot about people dying. I was going to say this is incredible. Yeah, this was the late nineteenth century, so this is all in. I can, if I can do it, can I do a book recommendation? on this, the the Devil in the White City, which is about uh, America's sort of answer. It's like a two two story book which sets aside America's kind of first massive serial killer. Um, I think there's a movie coming out about him now. I think based on this book, he was like America's answer to Jack the Ripper against the Chicago World's Fair of 1896, which was happening with that. And they were both kind of operating at the same time. And the Chicago World's Fair was designed by um, the guy who, the architect who designed the Flatiron Building in New York. Cool. And it had the world's first Ferris wheel. I also like that you asked John if you could give a book recommendation, as though John's going to be like, we only do sponsored recommendations (laughs) on this podcast. If anyone out there is interested in sponsoring <laughs> recommendations, I'm, you've yeah. always got a hustle. If, if we should go to the, the people who are making the movie of the book and say, you know, can you be like, hey, some of that well, under the I table. can't remember the author's name. There we go. Maybe you would for a, for a price. Chicago also invented the skyscraper because it invented the elevator. And yeah. Before that, you couldn't really go above 10 stories. It was like, the same architect. Literally first, die, so yeah. first skyscraper was this, this same guy, Daniel Hudson Burnham. 
put the first, I think it was 13 or 14 stories, the first skyscraper. It might have been one of those ones that was 13 stories, but they called the 14th one 14 because they didn't want to. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Floor. And then they, yeah. Oh, this is that annoying this, thing. Did you see that amazing story in the New York Times a few months ago about how, like, Donald Trump is lying about how many stories there are in most of his skyscrapers? Oh, yes. And, and not just by, like, the couple that it would take to remove the 13th floor. It's, it's something like, like 28 like... floors. <laughs> yeah. It's out by 28 floors. Yeah, they just miss entire decades of numbers just like just to make it sound bigger than it is. It's just it's one of those things where you think, is this really just about the skyscraper here? Hmm. Hmm. Chicago's good though. Yeah. Okay. That's my Chicago, point. Chicago ten out. Chicago 10. is great. And Chicago has an excellent comedy scene and an excellent art scene, um, music and things like that, which is not usually something I really care about. Um, but it does, and it's worth saying. Okay, let's do let's do a let's do a quick fire round. Uh, Los Angeles worst place on earth and i mean that it's a hole and i hate it i honestly think la is the worst city on this planet and i've not been to every city on this planet and i mean like okay let's say major cities whatever but like it's so horrible other than korean food i hate it it's a hole it's tacky it's disgusting and it's cars everywhere and people dying awful is it just the cars i mean i kind of always thought i'd hate it because it's cars i mean because the cars are a huge part of it so i because of the cars thing i think what you've ended up with in la is like just to defend la a little bit <laughs> is that it's not really a city in the way that some of the other places we've talked about is it's lots and lots of towns that are only tangentially linked to each other so if you if you live in say venice or santa monica on the west side they're absolutely lovely, but you don't really, you, you never, you know, if someone from out of state says, you know, where do you live? You'll say Venice rather than LA. You'll only say LA to people who kind of really have no idea, but you also wouldn't dream of going to the east side for the party for or for anything. dinner because it'll take you three hours each way. Yeah. It's like, I know probably everybody's listening to this knows this, but it is just like the most horrific sprawl I've ever seen. And it's the fact that like, It's just sort of this thing that everyone accepts that you're just going to, like, sit in your car for at least, like, two hours cumulatively a day to do essentially, like, anything any normal person would do. Like, go get groceries. Like, on a weekend, just, like, sitting in your car endlessly, and it's horrible. And it's ugly. So you're sitting in your car looking at an ugly place, and it's hot. It's too hot. Do you like anywhere other than Chicago? Just (laughs) literally everything. I like D.C. I actually love D.C. Really? Yeah, even though it also is very warm. I like DC. I, I like think it's DC, pretty... but it's even more humid than yeah, New York. Yeah, it's obviously. In the summer. I mean, it is literally, as Donald Trump loves to remind us, built on a swamp. And it's gross, but I think it's pretty, and I think it's relatively clean. And I think, like, considering how small it is, it has a lot of interesting things going on um, and a lot of culture and food and things like that. And it kind of does remind me of, like, edinburgh but like in america like it's kind of like this cute toy towny kind of looking place that has like lots of really beautiful buildings Mm. and probably lots of like terrible things sort of happening underneath that like everybody can like sort of forget about because look at these pretty white columns everywhere Mm. like and so and yeah and it has like enough stuff that you can not get bored i just like that it's you don't need a car again it's Mm. walkable it's Mm. it's it's quite european in that sense yeah it's it's a very walkable city you can explore on foot Plus, there is a metro, if that's your thing, which, if you're listening to this, it's obviously your thing, so... Do you like the DC metro? I mean, it's not a great... It's not It's not, it's not one of the all-time great metros, is it? It's what not. is the all-time great metro? Are you going to say the tube? I actually have a real soft spot for the Paris one, but 
Really? Every, yeah. But mm. ever, no one else agrees with me on this. Mm. No. It's interesting they've given you a whole website when you have that opinion. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> been listening to skylines the podcast from city metric the new statesman city site it was presented and produced by me john ellidge if you enjoyed the episode then please do consider leaving us an itunes review it really helps other people to discover the show and you know the more people get listening to this show the sooner i can achieve my real goal of world domination for the medium of trains thanks for listening goodbye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.